Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. And he swings, hits it high, and deep, and gone! Still going back! Oh! Out of here! Welcome to the big leagues! Deep to center field, and it is gone! Wow, his first big league swing is going to be a grand slam, a home run. Swing and drive! Welcome back to The Call Up, your go-to podcast on the future stars of Major League Baseball, part of the Just Baseball Network. As always, I'm your host, Aram Layton, co-founder of JustBaseball.com. And in today's episode, we have an awesome interview with third base prospect in the San Francisco Giants organization, Casey Schmidt. A lot to talk about with Casey from his offensive output this season and you know how he's really been able to tap into more power while also producing more consistent results in the batting average and on base departments. He talks a little bit about how he was more banged up than you know maybe people knew last year. And while there haven't been any drastic changes, just getting into a more settled routine and also just being healthy has allowed him to really mash and recently getting promoted to double A. Something I've talked about on the podcast, though, uh, which was interesting to get his thoughts on and actually find out the real details there is Casey's played 40 games since shortstop and he's actually looked really good there. I've talked about it on the show. I thought maybe they moved him to short because of the lack of shortstop depth in the system, but Casey mentioned before we went on air that it was more of a fill-in role. They needed some shuffling around uh, and he was the guy that was that they think highly enough defensively to go over to shortstop and hold it down for 40 games while they had some guys out and were trying to you know just fill in on the left side of the infield but long term third base is where they still see him which was interesting I didn't know if they maybe wanted to try him at short it seemed very unusual Uh, I think he could do it which is the crazy part but again it's more of a testament to how good he is at third and now in double a off to a great start and is playing third base so you can expect him to stick there in double over in Richmond I want to talk about Brett Beatty real quick before we cut to the interview because Brett Beatty, Mets third base prospect, has been called up. And I say third base, but he's also played some left and barely played anything or uh, that many games in AAA. I believe it was only about six of them before getting the promotion, was tearing up AA. And I think this stretch as of late over the last 40 games, he's been spectacular. If you shrink it to his last 25 games between AA and those six AAA games, he's been he's been a joke. I, I tweeted about it. He's actually been, I think, the hottest hitter in all of baseball at any level over the last 25 games. 424, 513, 727 slash line. That's a 1240 OPS with a 13% walk rate, 16% K rate. That's a 234 WRC plus. I mean, that's absolutely outrageous. And in those 25 games has hit eight home runs. The big difference, he's hitting the ball harder, about one mile per hour, almost one and a half miles per hour harder than last year on the 90th percentile or average exit velo as well. And then also the biggest, biggest thing is he's hitting the ball in the air. And that's the one thing that we were talking about with 
somebody like Brett Beatty who hits the ball hard. He always has. He's hitting it harder now. But the biggest thing was, can he get it off the ground? The ground ball rates were way too high. They are now cut down drastically. He's getting the ball in the air much more, and we're seeing big-time results. He's made some starts and left, uh, but they need some help in the infield right now with Louis Guillorme out with the groin strain, and that could be a while. So Beatty should be able to you know, hold it down at third. I don't think he's the best defensively there, but he is more than fine. I don't think he's worse than J.D. Davis uh, by any means. Uh, but long term, it'll be interesting to see how good he is defensively there. Uh, I do think he could be a big league average third baseman, but he definitely has some improving to, to do in that department uh, before he can be considered that. But guess what? Shortstop right next to him, one of the best defenders in the game in Francisco Lindor. The rest of the infield is pretty darn good defensively. The rest of the team is pretty darn good defensively. So I think Beatty won't be a liability. He should be more than fine. But there's times where he does look a little bit shaky out there. It'll be interesting to see what the long-term plan is for the Mets. But he's up there for the bat and to hold down another spot in the infield while Guillaume is out. A left-handed power bat that is much needed as well because they could use some more guys that can leave the yard. Dan Vogelbach was a good get uh, as another left-handed bat that has power, uh, but a lot of contact guys there. Beatty now adds some intriguing power. Speaking of power, let's cut to a guy who's been swinging it really well in the San Francisco Giants organization. 17 home runs this season of his own and already 8 for 20 in his double-A debut through his first five games. That's Casey Schmidt. Here is Casey Schmidt, third baseman in the San Francisco Giants organization. And here he is, Casey Schmidt, third baseman and a little bit of shortstop in the San Francisco Giants organization. Casey, thank you so much for taking the time between you know, getting the move up to double A. Congratulations on that off day today. Uh, thanks for you know jumping on. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me. So first, congratulations on the bump up to double. Obviously exciting, much deserved. You put up great numbers in high A. Uh Kind of just take me through, you know, the emotions of that, and you know how excited you are to to get just one step closer here. Yeah, it's awesome that whenever you're able to move up a level, I think that's awesome. Um, I enjoyed my time in Eugene; it was a lot of fun, and uh, we had an amazing team there. And uh, I'm excited to keep it going here. Yeah, I'm excited to talk about that team because we we did a, an episode on this podcast kind of early in the season or before the minor league season started. Here are some of the best teams to look out for. And of course, Eugene was was one of the first because you talk about some of the good players that you have on that ball club from Marco Luciano to Luis Matos to Jairo Pomares to Kyle Harrison before he was bumped up yourself uh, and, and even more like Patrick Bailey. There, there's so many really talented players on that team. Is that the most just ridiculously stacked team you've been on so far in your baseball career. Yeah, hundred percent. That our team was unbelievable. It, we, it was just, it was so much fun to, to, to just to go to the ball field every day and just to play. And uh, especially just to gain that relationship around each other and just to, to play together. It was a lot of fun. So one thing I want to get out of the way uh, when we start here is because I've been talking about the giant system and where you've been playing and you played a little bit of shortstop as of late, but that was more to like fill in. There's been a crazy shuffle in high A, but I was watching the clips and you looked really freaking good there. I just sent you one of one of your insane backhands and uh, a crazy throw that you made there. But but now back to third in double A, and that's where you're going to be playing most of your time moving forward, right? I I would think so. Yeah, I never know. I never know for sure, but uh, I think. But who knows? <laughs> How'd you enjoy the uh, the shortstop experience as as you played there for? It was like 40 games, right? Yeah, something like that. I enjoyed it. It was uh it was different. It was good to get that that experience. Um just to just to 
trying to find just to play another position. Um, I struggled with it a little bit, um, but I had fun. I had fun with it. I played short when I was younger, so it wasn't like too foreign to me. But it was just like a little. It was a little. It was a little weird at the beginning, but I started getting a little more comfortable there. What would you say the big difference is? You know, obviously you got to move around a lot more, but you know, in terms of for you getting comfortable, what was the biggest just alteration when you were getting right at short? Um, the ball doesn't get on you as fast. I mean, it takes like more, most of the time it takes more hops and it's kind of a little bit of different footwork. And then, you know, the feeds to second base, the, the knowing what to do on like balls in the gap yeah. and stuff like that. It was, it's just, it's a little different. And that would, that's, that side of it's pretty crazy too, because you got to react and have a second and nowhere to be. Now you go back to third and you probably feel a little bit funny, right? Like you weren't there. I know that's where you're, you're used to playing. And we've talked about it. I've mentioned how I think you're one of the best defensive third basemen in the minors. And the fact that you were even able to hold it down at short is a testament to, you know, what you're able to do defensively. But how does it feel kind of getting back to the hot corner? Um, first, it was, a little, it was a little weird, a little shaky, but uh, I'm just I'm starting to feel myself, starting to feel a lot better. And just uh, just kind of just with the reps and just like this, just playing and, Kind of just getting after it. So it's, it's getting, it's, it's feeling good. So you were on the podcast a year ago and and we talked about, you know, the power and, and how that was something that you were focused on, but you're not too worried about because you knew it was going to come and you, and you knew that that was going to be something that you'd find more consistently. And you've done that this year. Exactly. I mean, after hitting eight home runs in 64 games in low a last year, you have 17 homers in 93 games in high a this season, you're off to a great start and double so far up. Uh, how did you tap in? Because it wasn't just the power. You're also hitting for better average, you're getting on base at a better clip. What what would you attribute that to? Because sometimes guys focus on, you know, adding more power. And as a result, you know, you might have some swing and miss come with that. You've seemed to improve in every facet of your game offensively. Is there anything that you can really attribute it to? Um, it was just me working with our coaches. I think they did an amazing job in you know holding me accountable and making sure that the things that I'm doing with my swing are are proper and just kind of maintaining that 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 kind of direction that I was that I was going in with my swing um but yeah um well one of my hitting coaches said you know you learn to hit first and then the power comes so I feel like that's kind of where it was but then going back to last year it was last year it was kind of a weird year for me I was I was playing doing good then I get hurt like I got hurt I got hit in the face oh and then missed some time started feeling better again at the play once I came back and then I was hitting the wrist and then I was done for the year. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So it was, a uh, it was, it was an interesting year. It was pretty frustrating for me not to be on that field, especially when they're in the playoffs, but I got to watch it. But it, So. And I think that's, that's the thing too, with the minor leagues is not everything is, is out on in the open. So you don't know, you know, what guys, what injuries guys are dealing with or whatever. You just see the stat line at the end of the year and you don't really know what went into that. And so, the wrist injury that pretty much shut your season down. And that's something that's hard to come back from as well. Right. So, I mean, even if you had time to get back, that's something that kind of hampers your swing, but this year overall too, you talk about some of those swing adjustments. Can you get into some specifics about, you know, what you've really focused on with your swing to, to kind of tap into not only the power, but also the consistency as well. Yeah. Just uh, making sure I'm swinging at good pitches, staying on a proper, routine i have i have this routine that i've been using doing all year you know really gets me prepped before the game what, what i gotta do you know what i'm feeling with my swing if i'm you know if i'm feeling like i'm under underneath everything then i'll 
get with the coach and I'll do the machine on a, a certain proper way. So I think those little things are really helping me in, you know, keeping my swing, you know, compact, I guess. And so what's your thought there? You talk about like compact, like do you have a, a cue or a thought to, to kind of stay on, on the right track with your swing as you try to go through the season? Yeah. I mean, I, I try to keep it as simple as I can. Um, I just, I just, I'm just trying to hit, to hit something hard. So I just try to do that. And uh, I feel like it's, it's been working a little bit for me, but there's definitely, you know, things I, I still need to work on as well. And, and what do you think some of those things might be? I think just staying consistent with my swing pass, um, you know, swinging at good pitches and, you know, not chasing, you know, certain pitches. And you get the bump up to double it's early. You start on the road, but you know, really hit the ground running there where you're hitting 400 through your first five games, which is your eight for your first 20 at that level. Uh, what, what would you say the big difference has been in the early going, or has there not really been enough of a sample size to really, uh, be able to answer that question in terms of, of the pitching that you see there. I feel like the, the game's a little bit faster. It gets a little bit faster. Um, the pitching's, the pitching's better. And I feel like it's, it gets better as you go up at it. But I mean, I feel like I'm just, just staying on like a path where I'm just kind of just sticking to a routine and, you know, making adjustments when they're needed. And a lot of guys talk about the the secondary stuff. And I, I think when you look from from top to bottom now, though, even in college, you got guys with nasty stuff. It seems like the talent pool is is so much broader and there's just so many ridiculously good arms that you could face almost at any level. Uh, the difference, I, I talked to Matt Mervis and we were talking about it before. He kind of told me that the bullpen was the big dif- differentiator, whereas sometimes in high A, you get to the bullpen and there's a bit of a drop off where you get to double and triple and the bullpen arms are just just dynamite. And one after another is a lot more nasty guys. Uh, how do you stay locked in on, on guys that maybe you don't have that much of a, a scouting report on? You haven't seen much of uh, how, how has that kind of been for you when maybe you come across some guys that you're not too familiar with, especially at the new level now, too? Um, I just check the scouting report, just try to stick to a plan, trying to find a plan that fits uh, to what I'm trying to do. So I think I feel like once I'm once I do that, then I feel like I have a good shot. But, you know, uh, Mervis is definitely right. The bullpens are really good from what I, from what I've seen. I've, played, I've only played one series, but I definitely have seen that the, the bullpen arms are, are pretty good as well, as well as the starters. Yeah. And, and I want to get into the defense a little bit, too, because I, I think that's. Uh, such an impa- amazing part of your game, right? Where I got to watch that firsthand on the Cape. Um, so many highlight reel plays you made there. And then, you know, watching what you've done through the minor leagues, making some great plays at third, and then even some highlight reel plays at short. What have you been working on defensively? Because obviously you, you've you always been uh, ahead of the curve there. And and that's something that even on the Cape, Mike Roberts, your your, your coach there, talked about how you're one of the better defenders. He's, he's coached at any level. And, have you, how do you, I guess, focus on improving that when you're already so good at so many things? Like, what, how do you find those areas where you need to improve defensively? And what were some of the focuses, if anything, going into this year? Maybe it's maintaining what you're able to do. Um, I feel like it's maintaining, it's uh, just keeping, you know, the reps efficient. Um, I feel like with me, I feel like there's, there's always a sense of urgency with what I'm doing uh, defensively when I'm on the field. I kind of just treat it as everything like a game situation. I just, I just try to keep that, um, like a thing that I do every day, especially you know before games. So, I feel like with that, it's definitely, it's definitely helped me. 
But I feel like this year I'm having a little bit of a down uh, defensive year, but um, I'm just still just been just been staying on my path of of uh, my work, I'm just taking to like a routine. And what do you think it is that that makes you? I know you say it's a little bit down this year, but I, in your defense, you you played 40 games at short and and have had to move back and forth now. I, what do you think it is that makes your defensive ability, you know, just just so much? I, I would say just so smooth, but also able to make so many big plays. I, I would say the arm strength is a big part of it. Uh, obviously, being being a guy that used to pitch, but you know, what do you think makes the the defensive ability so good? Um, I think it would probably be my first step. I think uh, that's something I really worked on in college with my with my college coaches. Um, and I think once I started getting that uh, a little a little locked in better, um, I feel like the first step is key. So that that's like right off the bat, you're taking the first step in the right spot and getting yourself where you need to be. Exactly. Yeah. And how much do you think the arm plays into it too? Cause some people might not know you were a two-way player uh, at, at San Diego state, you close games out. I watched you close games out on the Cape as well. And uh, the, how much do you miss throwing the splitter? Uh, a little bit every now and then uh, when I'm playing catch, I'll, I'll let one go <laughs> to see if I still got it. But yeah, a little bit, but I'm definitely happy with that. Uh, with how things are going, we're just playing. We're just focusing on uh, playing position. And how much of that that arm strength do you think helps you at third? Do you feel like it gives you a little bit more time? I mean, I always think about the Manny Machado highlight. I'm sure you've seen it a million times, where he backhands it in foul territory. He looks down at the ball almost like pats his glove and then throws a hundred mile an hour seed and gets the guy by half a step. It, it's a that was a little dramatic and extreme, but that's Machado. There is something to be said about knowing what you've got with your arm and knowing how much time that can buy you. Is that something that, that really kind of helps you as well? Because if you could throw 90 plus on the mound comfortably, obviously you can probably fire it across the diamond pretty good with a crow hop. Yeah, definitely. I think the, I think arm strength definitely helps a lot um, because it, it, it gives you that much more time to, you know, make the play, especially if you're going off balance to your left, or your right. Um, you're able to you know, just let one go and just let, let your arm play. So, how much has it helped you to, to not pitch anymore too? Because I do wonder, you know, that was another thing I've talked about with a few different guys. Alec Burleson was a two-way guy at East Carolina, stopped pitching. He's been raking. Mervis, again, was a two-way guy at Duke, stopped pitching. And they both felt like just focusing on one facet of the game really helped them. Uh, how much has that helped you or, or maybe not at all with, with putting the pitching on hold and being able to focus on just being a third baseman and a hitter? Yeah, I think I think the that's spot on right there. Um, just to be able to focus on, you know, one thing, well, both things of infield and and hitting. I think that's uh, that's definitely that's definitely helped because you're able to kind of put your whole your whole mindset, your whole your whole kind of what you want to do with that. So it just kind of helps you that much more. Is is there a player that you know you've looked up to or, or wanted to emulate through your years, obviously now professionally, it's a little bit different. You're, it's more of you pick and choose guys that you appreciate what they do, but was there a third baseman growing up that you really enjoyed or uh, it, who are the guys maybe now that you even watch and say, I like what he does here. I like what he does there and, and try to maybe pick some of those things out. Yeah, uh, definitely. You know, younger, younger, I was, a uh, it was Evan Longoria. Mm-hmm. Definitely one of my favorite players to watch uh, when he was when he was playing with the Rays when I was I was younger and he was playing with the Rays. It was it was awesome to see. And then um, Arenado and Chapman are also you know guys I enjoy watching play. Yeah, of course. I, I figured you'd bring in the uh, the defensive third baseman 
into the equation too, of course, uh, an Arenado <laughs> human highlight reel and, and Chapman, same thing as well. Uh, I want to circle back real quick, just to that, to that high a ball club. And uh, just, just a little bit of just what maybe you got to just appreciate on a, on a day-to-day basis, whether it's you know, how far Marco Luciano can hit the ball or, or just how nasty Kyle Harrison can be. And I, I want to start with Harrison because you get to play behind him uh, a little bit, right? What was that like? Because I don't know if I've seen very many pitchers in the minor league strike out more guys as a starter than Kyle Harrison has. I mean, do you almost get bored out there sometimes? I felt like there was stretches of innings where legitimately nobody puts the ball in play either. It's one of those things where he was just dominating dudes. What was that like from just being right next to him in the infield? Yeah, he's awesome. I love watching him pitch. He's an amazing person too. Um, yeah, he and he he makes it look so effort effort effortless yeah it looks so effortless there we go uh when he's throwing it he's uh he's very very good and he's just he's just he's disgusting on the mound I really enjoy watching him throw from that perspective what is it that you know really stands out is it the ride to the fastball the life that it has or you know what what is it that really stands out the change-ups obviously really good too uh you probably get a good a good seat there to, to see what he's doing I, what is it that stands out the most to you I think it's everything. I feel like he can really throw his pitches wherever he wants. He can throw them in any count. And uh, he's he's an uncomfortable at bat for a lefty and a righty. And and then I got to ask you about Marco Luciano. You get to share you get to share the left side of the infield with him. And right, for, for how young he is and what he's done as a teenager, now 20 years old, the, the power is crazy. Uh, what is it like watching that guy hit the baseball in batting practice? It's unbelievable. It, it it comes off his bat differently. He's uh, he's awesome to watch, and he's a good. He's an amazing teammate. Where, where does he rank in terms of of just impressive BP displays that you know for teammates that you've you've played with? Yeah, he he's a hundred percent up there. With, uh, <laughs> yeah, without a doubt. Who else would you throw up there? Uh, with people that I played with, uh, I'd throw Mervis up there. Yeah, a hundred percent throw Mervis there. Um, Trivio. Trivia launches balls. Does he? Yeah. Sweet swing too. Yeah. So moving into double A now, and and obviously you're off to a good start. You have your first home series underway. What is your big focus uh, to just kind of continue doing what you're doing, but, you know, also find those areas where you can improve, you know, what, has there been any advice that's been given to you as making the big jump to, to the upper levels? Has there been any, you know, anything that you've really tried to hone in on and focus on mentally, physically, or anything as you make the big jump? Um, I think for me, it's just, you know, sticking to uh, my routine, um, making sure I'm doing you know things that I need to do to get myself ready for the game. And then also sticking with a positive mindset, I think that's 100% helped me a lot. And then you said it right there is just just to learn from, you know, mistakes that you've made and just to keep going. Are you comfortable sharing some aspects of your routine? Yeah, it's just a machine, like machine hitting, um, flips, just like that, those kind of things and making sure I'm doing my infield work, my drills. And uh, I I just do those those things every day. For some young infielders, what's – what's some tips maybe for defensively? I think because that's one area where I don't know if there's enough talked about there and, and, and there's a lot of nuance there. What's some tips that you would give to a young infielder on, you know, how they can continue to improve defensively and, and things to work on and, and focus on? Um, I think just to continue to take reps, um, just work on 
work on everything going to your left, going to your right, going forward, going, you know, coming backwards on short, on, on uh, long hops, and uh, as well as working on your throws. I think, uh, you know, if you're able to master those things, then you have a good shot of being a good defender. And for you now going up to the higher levels, how different do you think the ball comes off the bat? Is that something that you, you've you talked to anybody about? I mean, even a double, you said the game's kind of quicker. At the hot corner, you got to kind of wear the brunt of it uh, as probably getting some of the hardest hit baseballs. You talk about having less time than shortstop to, to really react. Uh, is that something that you've seen already in the early going is, is maybe the ball coming off a bit different and then getting up to the big league level. Is that something that you've maybe heard about, talked about? Have you talked to any guys that maybe have played the position at the highest level and picked anything from them? Yeah, I, def- I definitely already saw it this week, this week. Uh, I've had a couple of balls come at me that are, just absolutely scorched. So I definitely have noticed a little bit of a, of a difference of how it comes off. And, you know, all you can really do is, is just get yourself in the right spot. And, you know, you don't, you don't find yourself creeping back a step or, or a half a step at all. Still playing the same spot. Yeah. I'm just trying to stay consistent with where I'm at, you know, play to the, play to the scouting report, making sure I'm in the, the right position. How much, how much shifting goes into that in the minor leagues too? I mean, as how much do you have to kind of move around the diamond? Um, not really. I still, I stay in the same general area unless there's like a lefty up and I'm kind of shifted over more, but for the most part, it's come kind of in the, the same, you know, area. How do you feel about that? Because you know, and specifically not that much to feel about with your situation. Cause you're not moving that much, but we see some big league teams where I've seen Manny Machado play balls off the wall in right field. I, I know you're going to say you'll do you know whatever it takes to help your team win. I, I know you're that kind of guy, especially, but at, as personal preference, how do you feel about having to move all over the diamond? And and is that something that's kind of uncomfortable to a degree? Uh, is it almost counterproductive? I think there's a, a really interesting nuance into shifting where we dive into the numbers. We talk about all those things. But what about the players that are playing way out of position and spots are not as comfortable with? How is that for, for you if, if you have to play, you know, maybe up the middle or, you know, in shallow right? We've seen it all. Uh, how, how is that comfort wise? Um, I haven't really, I haven't really played like an extreme shift, but I've definitely been like a little pushed up, up the middle or, you know, shaded, you know, up the middle more or back or whatever, but, uh, it, it's, it's kind of, it's tough. It's tough to kind of right? see that. Cause there's a lot, there's a lot of different like aspects that go into it. But it, it seems like there's a lot of times where it's just guys are just in spots where they're unfamiliar and it just seems very, yeah. very forward can, and uncomfortable, almost counterproductive. Yeah, like in right field. <laughs> yes, like I, I, I've said it. Like I'm, I'm not a ban the shift guy, but I don't know if I need to see Manny Machado playing balls off the wall and right. Like that, just I don't know. There's <laughs> something wrong there that I just don't totally, don't totally get. But uh, a few more questions before we let you go. Uh, you talk about offensively staying consistent, and again, I, I can't emphasize enough how how good you've been this year, and that's part of the reason why we've we've see you all the, all the way at Double A now. Uh, lefties versus righties is that something that's ever been you know different for you do you feel more comfortable versus lefties is it pretty consistent both ways for you um in terms of of comfort level versus pitchers um i i I honestly feel comfortable against both i i see more i think it's because i see more righties than i do see lefties because you know there's not as many lefties as there are righties but maybe there maybe there are i don't know but i feel like i i see a lot of majority of my bats are, are from a right-handed but i feel i feel comfortable with with uh with kind of how it goes and also on, on the velo side you know 
that's something that we see in the minor leagues now. It's I, I've talked to some some big leaguers and they're like, you know, when I was in the minor leagues, we never saw guys throwing 98, 99, 100. Now it's, it's pretty commonplace there. Mm-hmm. Is the machine work how you really start to dial in on the on the high end velo? How do you find yourself able to to catch up to that and and be able to pick up a hundred miles an hour uh, coming at you? You know, how do you prepare for something like that? Definitely the machine. I think the machine has definitely helped me a lot, and because uh, it, it helps with your reaction time, it helps you, you know, stay on pitches. And uh, I think it's just more of like a repetition. And the more and more you see it, the the more I don't want to say easier because it's, it's it's never easy. It's not easy, but I feel like it gives you a better chance. What do you think makes certain pitchers so difficult to, to hit? Is it, is it the, when we talk about pure stuff, right? That aside, like, is it the, how similar certain pitches look out of the hand? Cause that's the one thing machine work can get you right for that. But how do you how do you develop the ability to recognize spin or, you know, we talk about tunneling as such a big part of of pitching today. I think that's part of what makes Kyle Harrison so good. How do you really get comfortable with that? And and is that something that really differentiates pitchers for you? Like, what what do you think makes a pitcher if they have the same stuff, maybe a little bit better than the rest? Um, I guess I guess tunneling would be a good way to put it Um, because, you know, they can throw a you know 98 mile hour fastball away and then come back with a, a slider that looks exactly the same but it's just it's not there but it makes it it makes it tough I, like i said i think the repetition oh my god there's a wasp over here so, sorry uh i think the repetition it definitely uh helps make it better uh, I, I think I'll, I'll let you go uh, fend, fend for yourself with the wasp there, but uh, <laughs> last, last thing, well, I know you're good, man. Those are things are scary. I, I got, I don't, that, I don't even know where that came from. I just saw it slowly just flying towards me. All good, man. So you're, you're in Richmond. Uh, they obviously have wasps there, uh, but they also, you know, it's a new team. How have you been getting acclimated there? Uh, you know, you talked about how much you really enjoyed the high A group. There's some guys from that high A group in double, but obviously a lot of new faces, new environment. You mentioned before we started recording, you haven't really seen, uh, you know, that much of the area yet. But, you know, what's it like for a player just kind of picking up a place where you were for, you know, multiple seasons? You know, it, it wasn't a full consecutive year, but you were there for probably a year's worth of time, right? Or more. How does it, you know, how do you pick up and not only go somewhere different, it's opposite coast, right? You go from Eugene, Oregon yeah. to Richmond, Virginia. Um, you know, what was that all like for you? And, and you know, how do you, how are you kind of getting acclimated there? Um, it's definitely different because, you know, every time you get, I wouldn't say starting over because, uh, you know, we're, we see the same guys in spring training. You know, I played with some of these guys in spring training. We're all on the same team for spring training. So it definitely makes it better that you you know, create relations, the good relationships with uh, your teammates and no matter who it is. And um, I think it, it's helped, but it's, it's definitely a little different. You know, you come to, like you said, you're, I'm far, I'm, I'm on the other side of the country from home. So it's, it's a lot different. I mean, you don't get to see your family, but you know, these guys are your family and it's just, it's, it's awesome just to be able to kind of create that relationship with them. You're getting as close as you can get now, you know, one step away from one step away. It, what's your focus as you, you know, try not to get ahead of yourself, but also vie for that opportunity to, you know, maybe break into triple a next year and potentially debut sometime next year as well. Like, have you thought about that? How do you, how do you kind of manage that while staying excited, you know, 
keeping your eyes on the prize, but without also, you know, getting lost from the moment in the day to day. I think just being where you, I, I have this, it's a, it's a little thing. Just, just be where your feet are. And so I'm just kind yeah. of focused huh. on this now. And, uh, you know, I'm just, whatever happens, happens. I'm just go out here, just going to try and do my best and just kind of work hard and help, help the team win. Well, I mean, doing your best has worked pretty well so far this year. Uh, you're having a great season. You're off to a great start in double A. Excited to see that continue. And it's been fun keeping tabs. Casey, thank you so much for taking the time, man. And uh, best of luck now in double. Uh, looking forward to seeing you finish the season strong. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get three pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.